you don't want to be doing unnatural things and under the eyes of Google. Uh, never uh, under the guise of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> DigitalMarketingRadio.com. Would you like to start your own show? I'm thinking of developing an online video course teaching how to set up, produce, and market your own show. If that might be of interest, dear listener, I would really appreciate if you'd take two minutes of your time to complete the questionnaire at startyourownshow.com. That's startyourownshow.com. The Big Interview with David Bain. How is local search engine optimization different to conventional web search? What challenges do companies face with local search optimization? And what's the difference between local SEO and local listing optimization? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, David Watley. David, welcome to DMR. Hello, David. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining me. David is the founder and managing director at My Shop Local, a specialist local search optimization and citation building service for brands, national chains, franchises, and agencies. And you can find him over at myshoplocal.co.uk. And that's my with an M-I. So, David, what is local search optimization? Well, David, as you'd imagine, um, it's optimizing your local search. Um, very simplistically, if, if you're looking for uh, local services within your area, and that can be anything from um, plumbing services to hairdressing to retail, restaurants, and so forth, um, there's a very different search dynamic for local uh, over conventional web search. So we're talking about local businesses or businesses that have a local presence uh, in, in towns and cities around the country. And the difference really is that um, whereas conventional web search is about the website and um, links and citations pointing to those sites, local search is more about your physical address. Do you actually exist in the place that people are looking for your services? And that's where we specialize. Ah, right. Okay. Um, so I suppose that's a, an extra marketing opportunity for businesses with lots of different local addresses compared with a business that might be a little bit more virtual and doesn't really want to display a physical address. Well, a physical address is actually an asset in search. And I draw a very simple analogy that if, if, you, uh, if you have a global search result, um, let's say which is searched for hairdressers. Now, clearly, hairdressing isn't something that you buy on the other side of the world. So you're looking for something very close to you. Now, if you don't specify a location, Google will automatically assume that you want one within your immediate vicinity. So it'll present search results relating to where it believes you to be. But if you do specify a location, it's like putting a huge sieve into the search results. So in fact, you dramatically reduce the number of um, companies, if you like, that are actually vying for your attention. So whereas there might be 10 million hairdressers around the world, there might only be 10 in your immediate location. So if you get your head around that simple principle and you have a physical address in a location, you can leverage that address to, uh, to, to great advantage. I can imagine that Google would be quite good at actually determining your physical location if you're on a mobile device or if perhaps you're signed into your Google account and you're browsing on a desktop. But if, you, if you're not sign, signed in, does Google still make a fairly decent job at um, determining where you are um, locally? 
it, it does depend on the ISP that you're working through and um, the, the cell phone. But um, regardless of where you happen to be based, if you put a location, so I'm based in Brighton, if I specify uh, a restaurant in Brighton, I'm going to get Brighton results. But if I, I said Glasgow, even though I'm based in Brighton and Google knows that I'm here, it, it will bring back results for Glasgow because that's what I've specified. So the location-based service where you're not specifying it is driven by what the search engines or where the search engines believe you to be. Um, sorry, do you think the majority of businesses are actually doing a fairly decent job of optimising their local presence or there, is there still a, a big opportunity out there? There's a huge opportunity. Um, Google, to its credit, is doing an awful lot to help um, any local business to, to get found because it's really trying to um, provide its customers with the best search results. Um, and essentially, that Google's looking for local information. So if you have local uh, address and you're listed in the right places, Google will use that to corroborate that you exist in that location. Google is not there to clean information. So if the information about you is incorrect, Google will start to make incorrect decisions about where to place you. So um, are businesses actively doing anything in terms of actually submitting their details to Google? Um, or generally, does Google just um, gleam all this information from other websites and um, um, a brand's own website to determine that it is actually there at a physical location at a certain address? That's a good question. Um, in the first instance, Google is trying to gather information that's out there already. And for local, it, it looks to local listing sites. Um, and there are some very good high authority sites that it places a lot of value on. But there are also hundreds of other sites that feed off each other that list local information. So if your business is already listed in these sites, Google is going to reference those. And this is where things start to go wrong for companies because some companies actually assume that they, all they need to do is submit a file to Google to say, this is where I am, and that'll fix everything. It won't. Google will cross-reference your information with what it sees everywhere else. And if there are anomalies in that information, for example, the brand name that you choose doesn't fit with the brand name that's listed at that address, or the phone number that you've listed doesn't fit with the phone number listed at that address and so forth, it starts to confuse Google. And it will start to make decisions as to which one is actually correct. Google's not there to clean your information, it's there to try and make sense of it. And if it finds inconsistencies in what you want it to be against what is being listed everywhere else, that's when it will either affect your overall search performance, um, so if Google's got no confidence in the information, you may not appear at all, or you'll start to see duplicates where Google's saying, okay, I've got a bit of information that matches what you're saying here, but I've also got a lot of information which suggests otherwise. Which one's right? I'm going to list both of them instead. And that's where we see duplicates. And this is the, the quandary in local search at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of ignorance, I'm afraid to say, where companies um, are dismissive of the listing sites because they don't see them as being um, huge generators of traffic in their own right. And that may be the case in certain sites, but they are still an important reference point and some customers use them. Okay, so um, that means that um, small local directory websites are still fairly appropriate or f fairly relevant, um, not necessarily because of traffic directly from them, but because they assist with um, 
Google being able to interpret um, what your business is about. That's correct. Um, and they supply a lot of information. Um, some of that information can be sourced from the same place, depending on where it's um, originally been um, seeded, if you like. Um, but they will categorize your business. They'll put your opening hours, web links, business descriptions, keywords, um, name, address, phone number. All these things are key um, attributes that Google looks for in, in local search. And I, I try to encourage people to, to think of these sites as um, moments of truth for their customers because customers can find your details wherever they happen to search or choose to look for you. So if you, they come across a, a listing site that you've dismissed because you don't think it's important, but one of your customers happens to believe it is and all the information is wrong, um, who's wrong in this instance? The customer for using the wrong information or you for ignoring it? And I'd maintain that it's your responsibility uh, if you're in control of your brand to ensure that your information is correct wherever customers find it. Mm. And um, what about um, opportunity in terms of the quantity of um, search volume that can be driven through to your website from local listings? Um, is that quite significant? Um, obviously, it depends on the location and the industry, but um, in general, can a business expect to see um, quite a bit of traffic through from a well-optimized local profile? Well, it, it very much depends on the demographic um, and, and the sector and the industry. So th there's no one answer fits all. But overall, I, I, I take a holistic approach to this. You've got to look at the whole um, picture here. We have strong um, evidence from our customers that they are getting calls from some of the the um, telephone directories where they're actually being listed. So people still use the phone to call up and ask for um, a 118 directory, for example. Um, or they're going online and searching for that information either through Google or through listing sites themselves. So collectively, I can't say that this site and that site are the best ones to go for, but um, as a whole, they do in, uh, do actually improve your local search performance. And I get this question all the time, and I'm, I'm always sort of reticent to say, you will see a 200% increase in this, that, and the other if you do this, because it does depend on the demographic. It does depend on how mature the local market is in itself and competition. But we have one of our largest clients. Um, they interview all their customers. At the end of the, the, the purchase, the, the service that they purchase, they interview every single one of their customers and they ask a series of customer feedback questions. And this is done face to face. And they recently found that they've seen a 30% increase in the number of people who have said they found them online for the first time um, as a result of local listing optimization. And that's what we do. Um, we've got other customers where They've been um, pointing out that they're starting to get calls from people that they've not heard from before, if that's a local service provider. Um, and, and those calls have been coming through from online telephone directories. And some of my customers don't even have a website. So that goes to show the importance of your local listings. Wow. And certainly with the um, 
the rapid um, increase in popularity of um, smartphones, tablets, it's it's only going to get more important in the future as well. Um, so as more of your competitors get online, um, I guess it's going to be tougher to differentiate your business from others out there that are also appearing in local search listings. What are some other ways, apart from ensuring that um, all your correct details are on there, can you or can a business differentiate itself from its competition locally? Well, this is where I sort of get more into the, the, the issue of brand and it's, it's a tagline of My Shop Local. It's about controlling your brand in local search. Um, local search, as is any search to come to that matter, is just one marketing channel that you, you employ. Um, you can't rely on one over another. So if you are establishing a brand in your, um, in your local community, through whatever means that might be. It could be flyers, it could be posters, it could be a um, social media campaign or a collection of these. You want to emphasize your branding. Now, if your listings don't reference your brand or you treat them purely as an SEO exercise, you're chasing keywords, you're not actually doing justice to your brand. And I've seen companies, SEO companies, advising their clients to go for keyword-driven URLs, for example, or keyword-driven names in listings just to try and push them up the search results and yes okay it's important to appear at the top of search results as best you can that's what we're here for but if the person looking doesn't recognize the brand they may go elsewhere you might appear at the top of the list but if it's like uh, i use this example all the time but if it's plumbers brighton um you know how many people are going to call themselves plumbers brighton but if actually you've got a very well established brand name in brighton that's the one that you want to be optimizing. Mm, so interesting. So, um, I mean, just like um, conventional um, uh, well, desktop or um, normal, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a, a correct word here, Google search, um, brands are becoming much more important. Brands are um, uh, understood a lot better now by Google um, now compared with maybe five years ago. But um, you're saying exactly the same thing is true for local as well. Well, I think it's true from, from any marketing perspective. That's where you invest your your identity, if you like, um, and that's what your reputation hinges on. So when we talk about all the other things we can do in local search to improve your your performance, the next thing after getting your name, address, and phone number correct and content is getting customers to write about you. Now, you, you can't um, stop customers writing about you, particularly if they're not happy with you, but you can ask them to write about you if they're happy. Um, and it's important that that is associated with your brand. And, you know, I strongly believe that if your brand is is consistent across every channel that you employ, then it will start to encourage. And if your brand is consistent across multiple channels, wherever your customers happen to find you, or potential customers see you, the fact that they've seen your brand elsewhere is just going to encourage them to use your services eventually. Okay, um, so you mentioned there getting your customers to write about you as a brand. Um, is reviews within Google itself um, on your local listings or on your Google Plus page, is that the best place to encourage customers to write about you or are there other great pages to try and encourage customers to write about you? Clearly Google's wanting to encourage people to go to Google Plus Local or Google Plus. 
but there are other local listing sites and from a ser local search point of view it's important that the reviews are associated with the name address and phone number of the business so uh, just a, an overall web-based review site won't actually influence your local search results unless it's got the nap um, so google plus is the best place initially but not everybody necessarily wants to sign up to google not everybody necessarily has a login um, so there are other places you can encourage them to to go there's yelp for example but yelp's got very stringent um, review character um, parameters so if there's anything that seems to be unusual about the reviews it will can them and it gets a bit of a reputation for binning reviews that it seems to think may be false and are actually perfectly true but there are also other review sites where people can go and write reviews thompson local has one yell has one um, scoot has one these are all sites that eventually will permeate into the google search results and we've seen uh, reviews appearing in search results through keyword search so if you if your customers write about you try to get them to you know be effusive about the business and to actually talk about the experience that they had not just say really great the best things in sliced bread Th those are really um, you know they're not really going to influence your search but keywords within them can do okay and I guess if you actually asking people to um, give you a review or just write about you um, as a business and the experience they had, then it makes sense to um, um, alternate um, the place that you actually ask them to write that review. Because if all reviews happen in one place, then that, of course, looks fairly unnatural. And you, you don't want to be doing unnatural things under the eyes of Google. Uh, never, uh, under the guise of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but the now you're right i think you know give customers a choice where they can write reviews and uh, you know tell them where they can find you um but clearly google is the first place um and it's it's about a natural frequency and volume if you're going to get a surge of reviews that will uh, appear suspicious if if they come through and they trickle through on a daily basis or a weekly basis and they, they then that should be fine but if you do a massive splurge it's just going to raise you know raise a few um eyebrows as to whether it's a natural event or not and i think it really comes back to being consistent with your service at the end of the day if you get your online presence fixed um, and the brand looks good and people can identify you focus on what you're actually there to do and which is deliver the service you're being paid for and if you get that right the reviews will follow and your search will improve. And just a final query in relation to local SEO. Um, what's your opinion regarding microdata? Um, is it important for a website to use a service like schema.org to actually mark up um, their addresses and um, items like that within their website? Or is Google getting better at determining what these items are and it's perhaps not as important as, important now as it was a couple of years ago? Well, it certainly has been very important. I've I've heard that uh, Google is less um, concerned about that, but why not be safe and and just do it anyway? Um, I mean, to be honest, we don't actually touch websites, but it's something that uh, I've sort of been keeping abreast of, um, and certainly having the microdata around your name, address, and phone number and reviews is actually very important. Um, where you don't have a physical address in a location, this is a problem for 
some service industries such as man in a van, you know, the out in, in, in the sort of broader countryside, so to speak, um, local search starts to get very difficult for people that are, are serving a, a wide radius. So we're seeing a lot of schema markup pages around specific locations, but where they fall down is that they're really just chasing keywords. What they need to do is be anchored to a, a physical address within the vicinity that they're serving. And that comes back to having the important name, address and phone number listed in the right listing sites. Okay, great. Well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing in general has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Well, that's an interesting question because we, we, the main software that we use actually helps us to, to deliver the service. Um, and it's about project management and control and sharing and, and administering information that the team can actually access. And the real tools that we use are Google Drive because um, we're sharing information that needs to be consistent and correct um, everywhere we happen to access it. So that's the thing that would seriously impact our business now if that were taken away from us. But we also use a project management platform that helps us to sort of manage the workflow and ensure that the right jobs applied at the right time by the right person. Uh, and we use a, a project management tool called Rike, which uh, we found very successful. Rike, okay. And um, a slightly more challenging question, what software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? Oh, um, we are looking into um, email marketing platforms and I've heard that HubSpot's very good and if I start to say one, I'm going to have to say all the other ones and I can't think of all <laughs> off the top of my head. But that's that's something that we're, we're seriously looking into. Okay, that's great. No, And um, those um, tools that you've mentioned there, I'll just uh, include links to them in the in the show notes. Um, but just moving on to... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back at the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Well, interestingly, I, we, I started My Shop Local uh, coming up to five years ago now. And at the time, I stayed below the radar. I, I wasn't confident that what we were doing was actually right. Um, and as I was sort of acquiring the skills and the knowledge, um, and it wasn't very established then at all. It was more in the States. There was nobody really doing it in the UK. I stayed below the radar and I wish... I had more confidence in myself then to know that what we were doing was absolutely the right thing um, because the results we were getting were fantastic for our customers and I should have been standing on the parapets crying out about it to everybody. <laughs> uh, and, and that's maybe a, a generational thing because I see some people who are standing up and all they're doing is shouting and have nothing to deliver. <laughs> um, so that, that's the... Uh, a reflection of how social media seems to work now or or the youth today <laughs> um, I, I mean i remember i was doing um providing seo services back in about um 2004 2005 or so and um i was um achieving some phenomenal 
ranking achievements for a couple of clients um, just by um, article marketing, submitting articles with um, author bios and links back um, to appropriate pages in the site then. And um, I'm, you know, thinking to myself, um, should I be shouting that I'm an SEO expert here? Surely um, there are other ways to do it. And of course, it wasn't me that there was the problem, that that was the problem. It was just the fact that um, it was fairly early days in terms of Google's algorithm. There wasn't so much competition out there. And that's the way that things were done back then. But um, I think um, when everyone gets started in digital marketing, they they certainly feel that they're, they're learning as they go along and they don't necessarily feel that they're the most authoritative people in the industry but um um you you can be certainly if if, if you're passionate about it and you, you keep on learning absolutely absolutely and I, I think as well um on reflection what what i have done throughout is actually be consistent to what i believe to be core to local search um so regardless of what algorithm changes we may see in google it doesn't detract from the fact that information has to be correct and your brand has to be consistent. And that's the thing that we are, have done from day one. It just so happens it's an integral part of, of a local search. And, you know, I, I actually don't lose sleep at night about Google algorithm changes because I, I, I don't believe that Google uh, is ever going to say, you know what? We don't care if the information's wrong and all over the place anymore. We're just going to work it out for ourselves because we have customers, living human beings, who still couldn't tell me which bit of information is correct if they looked at two listings that were incorrect. Um, so how can we expect an inanimate machine to, to work it out for you? So stick to the core principles. Absolutely. And no, great advice there. Um, stick to what you feel was right as well. Um, if you just follow the machine all the time, then that's what will get you into trouble. I, well, yes, because you're actually losing sight of your customers. Um, and it's either your customer who might be your SEO client or their customers who are trying to actually buy the service. So in fact, we're actually doing a pitch for a company right now where they have phenomenal SEO results, but um, people seem to be clicking away because they don't like what they're finding. Mm. So they're at top of the list, but they're not getting anything because people don't like what they see. Um, so they've got to fix the core product first. I'm not going to say who it is or what it is. But, no, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and they're not going to stay there forever if um, people keep on clicking back onto the search results because Google will see that although the click-through rate might be high because the results appear relevant, they're not staying that long on the site. And that's obviously going to be part of its algorithm. Exactly. But let's move on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction here. So ready to go? Yes. <laughs> Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Display. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one -one relations? For me, one-on-one -on -one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Telephone number. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And here's the tough one. Local marketing or global marketing? Definitely local. 
Oh, so that was all quite definitive answers there. That's great. And um, you also selected Google Plus rather than Facebook. I take it that's because of the impact that Google Plus can have on local search as well. Yes, and um, just the, the broader scope that it provides for, for, for local businesses to, to interact at a local level. Uh, you know, the, the extent of the, the, the search apps that we're seeing, um, it's just definitely the place to be. Okay, and um, let's move on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure its success? Oh, that's a difficult one. I, I would actually spend it on brand cohesiveness across multiple channels, uh, really just ensuring that wherever a customer is going to uh, encounter the brand, that it's consistent, the message is consistent, the experience is consistent, not only from um, the branding and the imagery, if you like, um, but also the service, so that wherever a, a customer is touched, I don't mean in a physical sense, but wherever a customer touches your service, the experience is a positive one. And that's really what I'd call brand cohesiveness. And would you try and measure the impact of that by talking with your customers and actually getting um, feedback over the phone from them? Or would you perhaps do some kind of split test to determine whether the results you'd implemented um, had a significant impact in conversion rates? Well, for us at the moment, we, we, we do everything on a face-to-face -face basis or over the phone. Um, simply because we, we are dealing more with large chains and, and franchises now. So it's less about volume interactions. So it's, it's more about getting immediate customer feedback. Okay. My number one takeaway. Well, David, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Uh, be consistent wherever customers look or find your services. So if you've got multiple locations, seriously look at how your name, address and phone number is being listed and whether it reflects what you wanted to say on your website and whether it's correct because it will influence your local search results. Great stuff. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your advice. Uh, what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Well, my, uh, my shop local website is always there for everyone. Um, we're actually going to be upgrading it at the end of the year. So if you come back in January, it'll look nice and shiny. Um, I'm in LinkedIn. If you want to connect with me in LinkedIn, just look for David Watley in LinkedIn uh, for My Shop Local. And um, we're also on Twitter at, with, at My Shop Local. Lovely. Sounds great. Okay. Well, thanks again then, David. Thank you, David. Did you like it in radio? Did you like it in radio? Did you like it in radio? That yeah.